Hello, hello. I am Ashley Caldell, Assistant Director of Online Learning at the School of Education and Human Development at the University of Virginia. And welcome to Designed for Online. One of the greatest struggles for people of all walks of life is time management. We're all busy, and students, particularly non-traditional students with families and careers, can struggle to balance and predict their weekly workloads for their online courses. Sometimes students need help budgeting their time, and faculty can provide that help through planning and course design. But what kind of practices best help students predict both weekly and semester workloads? In this episode, I'm joined by April Salerno, one of our amazing asynchronous faculty members at UVA. April and I discussed some great strategies that you can use to better assist students in predicting workloads. We also discussed how April budgets her own time throughout the semester to ensure success of herself and her students. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Designed for Online podcast. Today, I have with me UVA Assistant Professor April Salerno. Welcome, April. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great. So I am so excited to talk with you today. But before we get started, I wanted you to briefly introduce yourself to our listeners. Thanks, Ashley, and thanks for having me on the show. Um, yes, I'm April Salerno. I'm in the Department of Curriculum Instruction Special Education, and um, I coordinate the Curriculum and Instruction Program, which is um, almost exclusively online um, for many of our programs. And I also um, work in the online ESL program, so my field um, specifically is in multilingual education. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. So I... I wanted to start off the conversation because you've been teaching asynchronously online for years now, and I'm sure that you know that so many of our online students, especially our online asynchronous students, can have a hard time understanding how to balance or even predict their workload for each week, just due to the nature of the self-paced environment that an asynchronous course provides. And just for context for our listeners, our programs at the School of Education and Human Development are a little unique in the sense that our average student is around 37 years old, I believe, and many of them are working professionals or caregivers, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it goes without saying that our students are just really busy with their lives outside of being a student. So my question to you is, what strategies do you use to help students predict, predict their workloads for each week? Thanks. I really appreciate that question and this topic. And yes, you're absolutely right. Like I think overall, um, our students are really incredibly busy people. Many of them have very demanding jobs and family responsibilities. And um, now they're um, students as well. And so just um, juggling all that can be a lot. Um, and that um, I did my own master's degree while working full time as a teacher. So I appreciate just what it means to go back and forth as um, teacher student or um, educator student. Um, it, it's, it's a busy load. So I, I think there are some things that we can do that um, help students. And um, of course, my students could probably comment more on this too, but I try to listen to their feedback as well and you know find out what's helpful. I think it starts with um, consistency in course design. 
So I think designing is setting up a course so that there is some consistency so students can get into a rhythm uh, with the class. So um, sometimes, you know, at the beginning of a semester, um, it can be difficult to, you know, know what your schedule is going to be like. But hopefully as those first couple weeks for fall and spring go through, um, you, the students can get into a rhythm because the course is designed that way. In summer, there's a little bit less time for students to get into that rhythm because the whole course is, is much shorter. Um, but also I try to give students and my advisees a heads up about that, that, you know, know that when you take a summer class, it's condensed. And so the workload automatically might be double of what it would be in fall and spring because the, the class is, is half the length. Um, so, so when I, um, for example, you know, schedule discussion posts, I try to make sure that the deadlines are consistent, um, con you know, consistent from week to week. Same thing with assignments, like to try to have assignments um, due consistently on the same days. Um, across the pro, um, courses within um, the ESL courses that I manage, I try to set up um, consistent dates with those as well so that instructors and students, you know, once they've done one class or if they're taking multiple classes or teaching multiple classes at the same time, like those um, kind of deadlines are, are somewhat consistent and um, predictable. So that it's it's hopefully not the case where a student can't remember, is it this day in this class or this day in another class? Although students do have that experience when they take classes across programs too, I'm sure. And so that's another, another management point for them to think about. Um, I um, also try to give students heads up in weekly emails about large assignments that are coming up. So um, like just giving them cues as we go through the semester that like a bigger thing's coming up. Now's a good time to look ahead at that, um, to manage out your time and figure out when you're going to do it in steps as opposed to doing it in one big chunk. Um, I try when possible to break out assignments into steps for students so that there are maybe multiple deadlines or drafts for the same assignment so that it doesn't all fall on one week. Um, and uh, when things do fall on a week that are bigger than other weeks, I also use the smiley faces in the template um, that um, your office created um, to, you know, try to predict for them that this is a heavier work week than others. Of course, you know, I have to estimate those hours of how long it takes, you know, based on averages and based on what I hear from students and, you know, based on what it would take, you know, I, I try to think about what it would take me to do if I was doing this assignment. Um, and so those are averages. They're not, you know, the same for every person, but hopefully at least they um, give, you know, some guidance if the exact no numbers of hours aren't right, but some guidance of this one was more than this week's more than that week, you know, that kind of management. And when I can, I try to, you know, show some flexibility with students around deadlines too, especially if they're able to schedule with me ahead of time, you know, if an assignment falls a week that they have a big week at work and, you know, or there are other factors, you know, they have a case study student they're supposed to look at, but that student's, you know, not going to be going to be in testing that week. There are all kinds of factors you know, if I can be flexible. And, you know, sometimes that's not possible, particularly toward the end of the semester, you know, when we have our own deadlines that we have to meet for grading. But if I'm able to schedule great, um, that time ahead of time with a student, I, I try to work with them as much as I can. 
Yeah, thank you for that. Um, a couple things I wanted to emphasize that you've already discussed, but the first one is the consistent due dates and how important it is just to have that consistency, like you mentioned. So that way students can really plan their weeks accordingly. Because when I was an online student, I was also working full time and I had just started my family and knowing I always was going to have something due Tuesday and Thursday and maybe even Sunday. It was so nice to plan my week instead of getting that curveball of, I don't know what next week is going to hold because the due dates are going to be different. So I really appreciate that. And I love utilizing that in my practice myself. And then the other thing I wanted to reference, and it makes, it made me chuckle because the, um, the icons you were talking about, you called them smiley faces, but they're actually clocks. And now I'm like, do they look? Do they look like smiley faces? <laughs> no, you're right. They're clocks. I don't know why I said smiley faces. I guess I um, associate them with like those happiness ratings. That makes me so happy because now I'm like, I wonder if other people think that they're like the CMS like smiley faces, but I wanted to our listeners ex <laughs> explain a little bit what that is. Um, so we did a focus group of online students just talking about their nice to haves, what they need to have, all of that fun stuff when they're taking online courses. And one of them, um, we had a big discussion about talking about predicting workload. So what we're talking about now. And so I and a couple of my colleagues had come up with the idea to do these visual representations that we have at the beginning of every week, whether it's a clock or a smiley face, that's, <laughs> that showcases like this is a three clock week. So that's going to be a really heavy work week, or it's only going to be a one clock week. So that way, not only when they get to see the content and they know their due dates, but they also can determine how much time and energy that week is going to handle. So they can even predict their schedules that much more. Um, and that was our hope for the clocks or smiley faces. And so it makes me happy that you are utilizing that um, just as another representation of how students can help predict their workload for each week. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's been great. And so now I'm going to go to a different direction and kind of talk about being an asynchronous instructor and how, which I hope this is the case, and I worked with you a lot, so I know this is the case, but some people do not um, front load their course as much. And what I mean by that is a lot of the preparation and the course content you do ahead of time before the semester even starts, just so that way when the course is running, you can focus on just the course itself, not necessarily trying to build content as you go. So my question for you is, because everything is kind of already created, how do you plan for how much should be assigned for each week for students? How do you know how much is too much for a week, too little? How do you find that happy medium? Yeah, so I think that um, um, is a little bit of a um, balancing act and a tweaking act, especially with a class that's new or newly online, um, because at first, you know, I, I, I might not have it right and I have to keep adjusting. Um, so, but there are some guidelines that I try to follow too. Um, one, one of those is to try to hold assignments to one extra. I put extra like in quote mark. I'm making quote marks with my fingers so you can't see that in the podcast. Um, like one extra thing per week. So if there's an outside assignment, which I mean by extra, I mean like in addition to the whatever format of discussion we're having that week. Um, so one additional thing, but not more than that. Um, so that students aren't overwhelmed with juggling so many multiple things at the same time. 
Um, another thing that I do is because there are things when, you know, there, there are times when students just need to practice a skill. And if possible, I try to fold in some practice type questions into the discussion itself so that it also doesn't necessarily become like an extra thing. It's there in the discussion board that they can do that practice and talk with it, with each other about it. Um, so that's another thing that I try to do. So it's like, um, there's some consistency in that there's readings or videos to look at and there's a discussion board, but that might have some practice type items embedded in it. And then um, there might be, uh, you know, a larger out, outside kind of assignment um, that they're working on. Um, but, it, but I guess the, in that way, like the structure kind of puts it into buckets, but it's definitely like a tweaking job of like, okay, I get into, you know, we, we might have a new class and the first time that we're discussing, it's like, okay, this, this was a heavy week in terms of reading and maybe, you know, this reading could become optional or, or maybe it could be a jigsaw kind of assignments and students, you know, could work in groups or with partners, you know, to split up the reading and, or, or to pick. Um, sometimes I, you know, I, I'll do like a choice reading where they choose one or the other but then, you know, to make sure that they summarize key points when they share about it for people who decided to read a different one. Um, and, and that, you know, is a time saving um, strategy that works in face-to-face uh, -face classrooms and it, and it works well in the asynchronous world too. No, I love that you mentioned that it's a little bit of tweaking. And I think that's really important that once you build an online course or any course for that matter, it's not a one and done situation. It's an iterative process where we're going to look at how it's running and then we can reevaluate if that was the method or structure that actually worked for our students. And so I think that's really important for everyone to understand is that there's room for tweaking. It doesn't have to be necessarily perfect the first round. We're all learning and we're trying to figure out the best balance for not only our students, but also you as the instructor too, to make sure that you're protecting your time in a sense as well. Um, so as much as I would love to jump into the next question right now, we are just gonna take a very quick break for this episode's brain break. And when we come back, April is gonna share her personal tips and tricks on how she finds a balance between her personal life and her course workloads. Hello everyone, I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I wanted to give you a little bit of a brain break. But before I ask you this episode's trivia question, I wanted to give you the answer to last episode's trivia question. Last episode I asked, what is the deadliest insect? The answer, the mosquito. Apparently mosquitoes cause more deaths than any other animal or insect on the planet. Now, mosquitoes can't do much harm on their own, but because they carry so many diseases, they can be really lethal. Apparently, they cause deaths of almost 1 million people a year. Yikes! That's so scary. I never liked mosquitoes before, but now I really don't like them. So now let's move on to this episode's trivia question. How many teeth do most adults have? Curious what the answer is? Be sure to tune into our next episode to find out. And we're back. Now, before the break, we talked about predicting workloads for students each week to help them budget their time. 
But I'm curious, and I'm sure this never happens to you, April, but <laughs> I'm curious what happens if you personally don't budget your time correctly. And let's say your course just isn't ready at the beginning of the semester like you were hoping. And so now you have to balance trying to be present in current weeks, but also trying to plan ahead and finalize those upcoming weeks. So what do you do if you get behind in your work and how do you handle that situation trying to get caught up while kind of the ship is already sailing for the semester? Yeah, thanks, Ashley. So um, those are good questions. Um, I might circle back to the um, question about like, uh, I think you're talking about like building the plane while flying it. Uh, let me I could back. not think of that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and certainly that does happen. So let me circle back to that. And I'm going to go through some tips that I have for the regular scenario of just my regular life. And then I then um, if I don't get back to it, remind me and, and I'll talk about that specific case too, if that's okay. Of course. Okay, so first off, um, I try not to get behind. I mean, that might sound cliche, um, like, but I really try not to. So I try to stay a day or two ahead of things if possible, um, you know, or farther ahead if possible. Um, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen because life happens and we're all, we all have demanding jobs too, just like the students. So um, I, um, uh, but I'll tell some tips, tricks, tricks that I do to help with that. So I, one of the things that I found that I do that has helped me the most is at the start of the semester, when I build the syllabus, I schedule grading time myself on my calendar. Um, so if I have a large assignment, I go ahead and mark however many, you know, if, if possible, I try to have a, a day for that assignment, um, or, um, you know, maybe I can't get a whole day, maybe it stretches across a day or two, but I block time on my calendar for the grading of that um, when I assign it. And if I can't block time then for that time to grade it, then I, I change the due date when I schedule the syllabus because there's no need in me assigning a, a big assignment that's going to stress me out because I'm at a conference or something and can't read it for three days and students are just waiting, you know, um, and then when I get back from the conference, I have other work to do, you know, so I, I, I schedule it ahead of time and that has really helped a lot. Um, I, um, um, my weekly schedule, just like the students get in a rhythm um, when the when the dates are predictable, that allows me to get in a weekly cadence as well. So like if students are doing like um, initial posting on Tuesday, then I know, you know, I'm looking Monday and Tuesday at some early ones. Wednesday, I'm looking at some more, uh, you know, those that have come in, you know, by the deadline, I'm responding to those. Um, I'm also by Wednesday figuring out what the announcements are that I'm going to have at the end of the week to share. And Thursday and Friday, I'm, I'm you know, watching the response posts, um, getting involved in that. Um, if bigger assignments, usually I, I um, allow students the weekends if they want to work on those. Um, that tends to work well with my students because they're working other jobs during the week. So that means um, Monday, I'm also grading larger assignments too. So I, I kind of have a cadence and that helps me in terms of not getting behind. Um, but I also um, try to front load the work in the start of the week that feels like it's more like has to be done that week. And that way, um, work that I do with more flexible deadlines um, is scheduled more toward the end of the week. 
so that if the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday work gets pushed more to Thursday, Friday, then uh, instead of being in a situation where I'm behind on the um, things that had to get done that week, I'm still managing to hit those um, nails down. And then the one, you know, the more flexible deadline stuff then might get pushed to the next week, which is usually okay. So that's kind of like the cadence that I use to match my workflow with the students' asynchronous workflow. Um, so, okay, so to circle back to your question about um, building the plane while flying it. Um, so I think in that situation, you know, you're, um, you're managing kind of um, two, two things going on at once. Like in, in one, one advantage of that situation is you're really in the moment being able to build instruction based on what that particular group of students is experiencing and talking about. And so that is, um, you know, one advantage not to be taken lightly because it, it, it does mean, you know, you're able to make those adjustments uh, because, uh, which hopefully you're still doing those adjustments if you're not building it the first time, but you're definitely able to if you are building it the first <laughs> yeah. time. And I think um, it, in that sense too, like in terms of like my own like personal like balance and like just being able to make it happen, I think there's also some um, like some self messaging that I have to do that it's not going to be perfect this time. It's going to be a good as good of experience as I can make it, and it's something that's going to keep you know I'm going to keep working on. But um, you know, like at a minimum trying to stay a, a two to three weeks ahead, you know, on that content so that students are able to move from one thing to the next, um, which just means a lot of juggling of going back and forth, you know, in my brain from what I'm teaching right now to what I'm going to be teaching, um, you know, two weeks from now. I really liked your response about putting it on your personal calendar to make sure that you know that, hey, if I have this big assignment, if I can't make it work because I have conferences going on or I have other things going on, why do I have to keep that assignment at that particular due date? So I really love that when you're designing courses, you're not only making it work for your students, but you're also making it work for yourself. And I think that's really important to make sure that you are balancing being an instructor and your own personal life, um, just because I think some instructors might forget that aspect that they look at the course calendar. They're like, this assignment has to be due at this particular date. And I'm always like, but why does it have to? Can we're flexible with our students? Let's be flexible with yourself and make sure that you as instructor are not getting overburdened on all of that. So I love, love, love that you look at your calendar and block that time for yourself to make sure that you are not stressing and struggling. Um, so that goes kind of as a segue into my last question, because we have some instructors who are just new to the online teaching space and are, like we talked about, they may be struggling balancing things when it comes to teaching and working asynchronously. But I also wonder if you had any advice for these instructors who may be new to the space that have a struggle balancing their personal workloads in class, but also are having a hard time providing advice to their students who are new to online and how to balance their workload. So essentially, do you have any extra advice just to give to instructors who are new to teaching online? 
Yes, I'm ha I'm happy to share this and and I'll um, circle back just to what you said about like the grading days that I have when I have a day that's really intense grading I have it blocked ahead of time. And I also try to um, build in some treats for myself, you know, oh, like, I love that snack <laughs> that I don't usually have I'm allowed to have on the day that's, you know, an intense grading day or something like that and and that makes it a little bit more fun for me too. Um, and so there are some tricks that I've done like that that are, um, are just kind of like um, helpful tricks for managing myself. Um, and so I might share those and then I'll tell, tell you about, um, yeah, how to advise students, because I, I think the student workflow is a little bit different than the instructor workflow, but, but they are related, as I said, like, right, that they're, the, the cadence that their week follows mine is somewhat mirroring that, you know, in, in a fascinating way. Um, so, um, I treat like checking discussion boards. I don't know that this would work for everybody, but it's what I do. I treat checking discussion boards almost as like extra email accounts that I have to check. So when I do email checks, I do discussion board checks and I just do them multiple times, um, throughout the week, um, you know, daily at least. And so, um, it becomes just like, an, like I said, like another thing that I sort of cycle through. Um, I um, don't, I, I know that people wait and like look at discussion boards kind of at the end of a discussion. To me, that feels like a different experience because it's like, you know, it's already sort of built there. Whereas like if I'm in it as it's moving, I'm part of it. Um, so, um, that, that's how I do it. So I, I just kind of treat it almost as like additional email. Um, one thing that I learned during the pandemic when I was working from home all the time with my, um, two small children also here all the time. And I was also managing, um, zoom school for, um, for one of them who was in school at the time, um, already, um, is like when my kids need me, um, I try to step away for a second because, um, if I try to keep going through asynchronous work and they're also needing or wanting me, it often just leads to frustration. And so it's better to just step away and deal with what they need and then get them redirected and then I can come back. So that's kind of just a, like in terms of healthy practices for myself. I also try to exercise every morning before looking at the screen. I used to do an early 6 a.m. email check. Um, I don't do that anymore. I was because, like, that's early. That is early. <laughs> yes, it is early. And that was um, that was pre-pandemic that I was doing that. And like my, my workflow definitely changed during the pandemic. And as my screen time increased, like I decided that was, it wasn't healthy, like physically for me to be looking at a screen that early. So I don't do that now. Um, I also like in relation to that, I try to walk around the block just at least once, um, before switching to, um, if I'm working at home before switching to parent mode. Um, so if I'm, you know, so this isn't the moments when they're pulling me away. This is like at the end of the day, like, um, I realized that when I was commuting, I needed the commute time to like process my thoughts from work and to shift to being like, not work April, but at home April. Um, but then during the pandemic, when I, we were all just here, I would just like walk to the other room and all of a sudden I'm mom, but I might still in my head be trying to solve a student's problem. And it never really worked out very well. Mm -hmm. Um, so just like, taking like a very short walk to allow my head to just shift so that I could be um, back present at home um, has been a helpful strategy. 
Um, okay, so in terms of advising, um, how to advise students, like the biggest thing I would say is listen to what the student needs to, you know, want, whenever students reach out, well, there are a few things. When students reach out, be there for them. So like, you don't want them reaching out and they're getting crickets, especially in the asynchronous world, because you can't tell if anybody I mean, maybe on my end, I opened the message and just didn't reply because I need to think about it. Well, then I'd send a, a reply and say, I really need to think about this. Then they know that I've gotten it. I'm going to get back to them and, you know, whatever time I specify, um, it, it sets them at ease. What, whereas if I'm just thinking about it without telling them, they might be starting to get nervous. Like, did she get it? Does she know? You know, um, so one is just like being being there and responding, even if the response is, I don't know the answer to this yet, but I'll work on it. Um, and then then you have to follow up to, through with those. So I keep I keep lists of those things that I'm still working on. Um, and then like um, listening when they have a situation and hearing what it is and like and and trying to. Um, I, I try to model for my students like non-judgment. Um, and I want I want them to treat the English learners that they teach with non-judgment. Like um, I expect the best from you. I expect that you want to learn and um, you, you wouldn't, you know, you want to do this and you have a life and you're figuring out ways to manage. So even when things don't go the, you know, even on days when you're not the student that you want to be, um, trying to see, um, just not judging that. Like, uh, I guess I don't have a better way of saying that besides like, um, I, I want to treat you as the best individual that you can be, even if that maybe wasn't how this one situation played out, you know? And so, and I, I'd like other people to show me that grace. Like I just talked about, you know, on the days that I fall behind those weeks where I didn't get the must do week, uh, event, things done, you know, and the flexible things pushed to next week, you know, like that, that we treat each other with grace and respect and, um, recognize that that's happens. And, and, um, you know, sometimes online programs don't work out for people and, and they've learned that experience and, oh, okay. That doesn't mean that, you know, um, you're less of a person. It just means that that's the decision we've come to. So, so like, really um, listening and doing things with non-judgment. And I, I hope I get there. I don't know that I, you know, I, I'm I'm not at the same level, so I'm sure I'm not there 100%, but trying to keep that in mind and trying to help that guide me. No, I really love going in with a non-judgment and really being able to provide grace aspect. I think all of us are, we're all obviously people and we're all human and things are going to happen. And we want to do our best and we're trying to do our best, but sometimes that our best that we can give just isn't what we pictured in our heads. And I think it's important to let students know that, yes, you had these great expectations for yourself, but sometimes we just have to take care of ourselves or something happens and that's okay. And let's try to figure it out together of how you can present and be your best self in the future. And so I really love just giving that grace and being, as you said, non-judgmental or not judgy. I don't know the better term for it, but I think that's really, really great. And I think students appreciate that too, being able to feel confident and comfortable coming to you and saying, hey, I'm having a hard time figuring out this course and how to balance everything. Can you help me? And I love that students feel comfortable coming to you and talking to you about these problems because we have some students 
that just don't come to anybody and we don't know that they're struggling necessarily and then their grades reflect on it and that's not something that we want to see for our students especially asynchronous where they can sometimes feel like they're alone in their learning journey so thank you on behalf of all students we thank you for being such an awesome instructor that people feel comfortable going to and that you don't provide that judgment and you provide that grace so thank you for that thanks ashley Okay, well, those are all of my questions for today. I wanted to thank you so much for talking with me about balancing workload. It's a topic that I think a lot of our online instructors are really trying to figure out and balance themselves. So I really think that all of our listeners are really gonna benefit from all the advice that you have provided, as well as some students who may be listening to this podcast. So thank you so much. Thanks, Ashley. I appreciate you doing this and having me on today. And that concludes this episode of Designed for Online. I hope you found some great strategies you can implement into your course design to help both yourself and your students budget time and forecast weekly workloads. While the goal is to never get behind, it can happen. And by developing strategies to manage your time, like scheduling time to grade assignments and establishing a clear weekly schedule, it can ensure you maintain a rhythm each week and ensure success for the entire semester for both yourself and your students. If you have an exciting topic you want to hear on future Design for Online episodes, feel free to email me at ac8ga at virginia.edu. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.